Welcome to Long Covid Physio Podcasts, the podcast for physiotherapists, support workers and other allied health professionals to share their stories of living with Long Covid. Hello and welcome to Long Covid Physio Podcasts. My name is Darren Brown, I'm a physiotherapist and I am living with Long Covid and today we have a very special guest, we have Rob. Hello Rob, would you be able to introduce yourself please? Hi, yeah, my name's Rob, Um, I live up in Newcastle, I work as a uh, band six physio in MSK in uh, across Tyneside Um, and yeah so I'm here to chat to you about my my experiences with uh, with Long Covid or Covid, whichever way you want to describe it and uh, maybe relate that back to some uh, previous experiences with chronic fatigue as well. Yeah, thank you for joining us today, because um, as, as, as we both just said, because we were having a little chat, weren't we? Um, we, we kind of crossed paths on Twitter because uh, you, you'd put out a nice little tweet about some experiences and, and it looks like you're a fell runner, but I don't know what fell running is. Um, so so my, my mum's uh, side, Granny, was from uh, Cumbria. So I, I, I've walked in, walked in the lake since I was kind of small, Lake District, yeah. and um, always done some kind of fell walking and, you know, walking up and down the mountains and things. And then I think it would have been about 2009. I was actually, because I lived in London for years as well. I was in, in the lakes with a friend of mine who um, I hauled him around a few of the peaks and uh, <laughs> a fell runner went past and he kind of looked at me and said, kind of, wouldn't you want to do that? And it kind of never really occurred to me, I suppose, yes, yeah, since about 2009. And then I suppose I got into that, um, yeah, about a couple of years later. And um, when I moved back from uh, from London um, to actually study to retrain as a physio, hmm. I got I joined a local fell running club, Northumberland Fell Runners, and um, you know kind of moved into fell running. So yeah, fell running is essentially um, very kind of non glamorous. There's it's it's all not for profit. Everyone starts in a field. Um, you know, any any profit goes to goes to kind of the local village hall or mountain rescue or the local oh. farmer. And you basically run up and down peaks uh, over bog rock, bog, um, yeah, bog, <laughs> bog rock, um, with, over various checkpoints, it, which includes navigation at points. Um, so yeah, so I, 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 that's what I do when I'm fit enough to do it. But I also like walking yeah. on the fells because it's a bit more, more serene. You're not hurtling downhill at you know speeds. Um, but I do other stuff. I do you know yoga and. Um, bit of gym and uh, you know various things as well but yeah I, I've always been a runner I come from a running a road running background I did a lot of marathons um, I did you know I think about seven loads of half marathons and oh, then wow, kind of you. yeah but then kind of moved into more I suppose cross country and fell running and um, now I just run for fun and if I'm fit enough to do things great if not I just sit and have a cup of tea and read a book <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't force the issue as much as I used to I used to be kind of oh, mileage and I'm gonna do this and yeah, these yeah, PBs yeah. and you know I've got some ideas about what I'd like to do this year and moving forwards but maybe I'm not quite as obsessive about it mm. you know I'm a bit more relaxed and that's probably because of what we're what we're what we're about to talk about really well, how, yeah. how my perceptions have changed you know so, so on that note, then obviously that I'm, I'm presuming living with long COVID. So, would you would you be willing to share your story of your experiences living with long COVID? Yeah. So, I I basically have been based. So, my uh, the service I work in um, works within Newcastle hospitals, um, 
and Gateshead hospitals either side of the River Tyne, but then also kind of community hospital um, venues. So I'm not, I've done my, I did my kind of band five rotational stuff in London, um, amazing experience. And, but then I decided to go into MSK. And then in, I suppose when it all blew up in the, in the lockdown, we were moved into the local hospitals to help out on the wards with, um, with the kind of, you know, kind of just like extra parent, like to keep discharging, like discharge to assess basically. Yeah. to like to get people out because a lot of the physios they split the two hospitals up so one hospital was non-covid in theory one was uh covid the rvi so basically a lot of the 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 inpatient physios obviously went to the rvi to do uh inpatient uh sorry respiratory covid stuff so they just had less people so we went there to help out and it was great like i was back on the wards and i was seeing friends i'd been to university with um i've got you know a friend of mine's a, a nurse specialist in cardiology i was on, on his ward I was like yeah this is really good fun and you know it's kind of and then I got COVID yeah. <laughs> so it must have been about mid-April um I I actually went to my friend the same guy who's a nurse specialist I went to pick up a bike from him because I thought oh it's spring because you know, the weather was amazing wasn't it mm. and I was like oh I don't have a bike maybe just like just to cycle around the, the streets would be something different to do I think I had a toe injury that's why I couldn't really I was like a minor toe injury so I'd been doing a bit of running and then um I felt a little bit funny. I felt a little bit off, but nothing major. I cycled home and then I actually spoke to a later. It was like a Friday. So later in the afternoon, I spoke to a friend on the phone and he said, have you got a cough? And I was like, yeah, I have actually. I was like, it was a fairly clear, persistent, dry cough. <laughs> and uh, I thought, all right, well, you know, I don't feel unwell. And then I kind of went to bed feeling a little bit rough. And then I woke up the next morning and I felt rough and I was like, I just didn't feel well at all. And I was like, well, if this isn't COVID, then I don't know what is. So I got in touch with Oc Health and they were, they were great. I mean, I, like I dare say, I've been doing all the, we had all the PPE. I mean, I wasn't like intensive care. I was on the kind of standard wards, but I'd been yeah. doing everything by the book. There'd be no corners cut as far as I could, you know. And in a part. COVID negative hospital by the sounds of it as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah, I know. So you know, I really lucked out there. So, but then, um, so, so I suppose I got the I got the test. Uh, I was positive. So they said, obviously, you've got to isolate. It was like mild to moderate flu. I had a bit of a fever. Um, I didn't feel that great, but I was kind of like, you know, I was a lot of like watching Netflix in bed. And but I was able to kind of get up and get food and kind of. And then by the end of the first week, I was kind of like, well, I kind of feel OK. You know, I don't feel too bad. I was going out for short walks, like literally just around the block and stuff. And then um, I kind of like. I suppose I was kind of picking up a little bit the next week. I was still off work. Hmm. And again, I remember I was out for a walk with, uh, just on my own. I was talking to a friend. He was like, you, well, you seem to be doing pretty well. I didn't have any lung issues. I might have been like oh, very mild. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't have any obvious breathing issues. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no serious respiratory stuff. And then um, I was kind of saying, yeah, like I feel pretty good, you know, to my mate. I've probably walked about 25 minutes. Hmm. Lovely day, like ama that amazing weather we had. And then I came home, I went to bed that night and then I woke up the next morning and I was floored. I had like, I got up, my legs felt really weak. Mm -hmm. I had pins and needles in my legs and my arms and I was just like, it's not great really. It doesn't feel like, and, and I felt really, really wiped out. And yeah. I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't ideal. I think this was like the Wednesday morning of yeah. the second week. Um, and so, or even the third, it was like the second week, I think. I got, it all becomes a bit blurry. But anyway, so I spoke to work and I think I had a little bit more time off. And then 
kind of stupidly went back to work. I, I, I suppose I w- I'd been off for about three weeks and I, they were like, well, are you ready to come back? And I was like, well, you know, I suppose you get a little bit kind of, you know, maybe being overly conscientious. So I actually went back to work um, with kind of COVID symptoms as in like fatigue and, and mainly this peripheral, what I guess was a peripheral neuropathy. Mm. Um, and like worked for a, about a month really. And, and kind of looking back, should never have gone back to work. I, I don't think because I was necessarily spreading COVID, I just felt terrible. Your body wasn't. So, what's that? So it sounds like you you might have still had ongoing symptoms three to four. Yeah, weeks yeah. I mean, I had this, but wanted to respond as part of the COVID responses. Yeah, kind of. I suppose everyone doesn't like being. I'd never been off for three weeks before, yeah. you know. So I went back, and actually, in some ways, I was kind of managing. But the, 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 when I was sitting, st- not moving, so sitting still or lying down at night, this the the like pins and needles. I didn't get any numbness, but the pins and needles was basically almost like the whole of the body. It was really weird. I went to see the GP, she did a full neuro, cleared that, because I was thinking, well, is there something else going on? Um, anyway, so I was back at work for about a month, and then I had a planned week off, like annual leave. I thought, well, that's fine, I'll just rest. And I just totally bombed, okay. um, really was not in a good way at all, and was off for like about another five weeks. So I was off in total for eight to nine weeks, really. And, and, and I think the second phase, whereas the peripheral neuropathy continued, the second phase was just this massively debilitating fatigue. I mean, I was completely and utterly done in. I mean, um, like I said, I didn't have any kind of what you might call vascular issues as far as I was aware. I didn't have any shortness of breath, hmm. but like literally going, you know, doing the washing up, um, just basic ADLs, like, you know, yeah. doing the washing up, doing a couple of things, I'd just be knackered and I'd, I'd have to go and lie down for like 20, 25 minutes. And then I'd kind of pick up a little bit and, so basically, I had that severe fatigue for about six, seven weeks, I would say. Um, and then obviously put in, I suppose, put in a plan of like a return to work, um, phase return to work and, and, and kind of expected to be pretty wiped out when I got back to work, um, but just kind of managed it. But I was off. Yeah, I was off for a good eight to nine weeks in total. Um, and, and actually the, the peripheral neuropathy lasted for months and it, it in fact it went away completely and it's now come back in a very very uh, minor small amount but it's 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 I don't have any strength issues um I mean I did have I felt like my legs were weak when it was really bad but at the moment it, it's not affecting strength um but it's still there it's quite a strange feeling but I'm not I'm not I don't have any fatigue now so yeah. uh, you know oh, you don't. would you know share what you mean by peripheral neuropathy for anyone that may not understand so um basically just I suppose it would be like a vi- like induced by the virus. Um, and this is, I'm only surmising. I don't, I mean, the G, no one really knows really, but yeah. I know these symptoms are quite common from yeah, COVID. Um, basically like a feeling that all your, every, all your nerves are kind of trembling, uh-huh. like all, all through the arms, all through the legs, and actually all the way up the torso when it, torso when it was at its worst. So actually getting to sleep was a bit of a nightmare. So I had, re- had a terrible, terrible insomnia as well for a bit. Um, yeah, I wasn't really well, basically. I mean, I, d- <laughs> I didn't feel great. I-, I suppose looking back, and this relates to some of the other things, the one thing that actually, it's a double-edged sword because I have had chronic fatigue or a version of chronic fatigue in the past um, and basically fully recovered you know, albeit with a few reductions in, in, in exercise tolerance now, which I'm working back towards. And so actually 
I, I felt like in some ways I was quite well prepared to deal with something because I knew I'd recovered from something before. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, it was like, oh, not again. I felt like I'd been kind of transported back in time. Yeah. Um, having, I was like, am I actually back where I started? And actually that emotionally hit me pretty hard for quite a few weeks. I felt really, really low about things. I was just like, I don't know whether I've actually got the energy to overcome something like this. Cause I was reading about long COVID and, and the symptoms people were getting. And I thought, well, bloody hell, am I, you know, am I now dealing with something else in this kind of fatigue umbrella? And that, and then actually it was my sister who said, look, you know, I can see why you feel like this, but it, it is, it's a separate entity. I think you have to kind of trust yourself that it's a different, you know, it's a different situation. Um, and of course, like a lot of people who were getting long COVID haven't had chronic fatigue before. So, um, so I suppose it was a bit of a double-edged sword in that I thought I was, you know, when I was kind of being pragmatic and realistic, once I'd gone and got over the worry and the initial fear and frustration, I probably knew I could get over it over time. Um, but actually, initially I was just like, oh God, I can't like, I can't deal with this really. I was just like, and I was like really worried about work. I was like, cause I, you know, when you're doing the washing up and then you have to go and lie down, I was like, how am I actually going to be able to go back to work? Yeah. I was like, how, how can I actually go back to work? I can't, I can, I can barely function day to day. And, and, and I started to go a bit stir crazy because I was basically looking at the, staring at the walls and things and like, I did, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, and it was like, it's really nice weather outside. And I was just like, just, yeah, I, I was totally, to and I, I live on my own in, in, a, in a flat in Newcastle. So I was kind of, I felt really, I didn't feel alone as in like people had abandoned me or anything. I just felt I, I, physically I couldn't do a lot. But obviously I, I knew from, I kind of started to put in place methods that I'd used before that I, you know, for, from, from when I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue. And actually, I mean, I thought at one point that maybe it's because I've had chronic fatigue that I'm like this, but as we know, as I've just said, a lot of people have had um, COVID who've not, no previous you know, uh, incidents of any kind of fatigue related issues. So I think once I kind of like settled down and kind of thought, right, okay, I think probably helped talk to my sister and family help. I was just like, right, okay, I need to put in, in a, a plan of action mm. of to, to how to um, how to try and manage this um, from previous my past experience, which goes back for quite a few years. Yeah, so that's really interesting, isn't it? That you've you've had a previous experience of it sounds like <coughs> being diagnosed with uh, myalgic encephalomyelitis or ME, <coughs> yeah, chronic fatigue syndrome, and then also now having long COVID. Where, where are, how many? Sorry, I, I'm now forgetting. How many months have you now been living with the symptoms after COVID nineteen? Um, <coughs> so I had COVID in, well, I mean, in April. So what's that now? Is that like seven, eight months, maybe longer? Yeah, I would say. I went to the lakes at the end, the very end of August. Yeah. And I'd started to feel in terms of fatigue, I'd started to feel like a lot better. So I went on a couple of, I actually went for a walk with my stepsister mm. and we did quite, it wasn't really a hilly walk. We went for like quite a long walk. And I was like, the sensations were returning. I felt like my legs felt quite strong. I was sleeping better generally. And I was like, right. Okay. And then at the end of that week, I actually climbed something. I thought, right. I'm gonna like, I'm not gonna go mad, um, but I'll try and climb something. And actually like climbed like a kind of medium peak and felt pretty good. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Like I'm okay. Um, so that was the end of August, but, and then I say, I suppose I was picking up again from there and starting to feel pretty normal. And then for whatever reason, the, the, the peripheral neuropathy, the pins and needle stuff, which had gone came back about, I've no idea why, but it came back about 
eight months, uh, about two months ago. Really? Um, on a much lower level. Yeah. Um, but it came back for some reason. I, I think it will go eventually. Um, I'm going to have some acupuncture, actually. I've had, I had some success with acupuncture um, when I had really severe um, fatigue with COVID and also previously with chronic fatigue. So uh, there's a guy I know in Newcastle who yeah. I'm going to have a couple of sessions just to see if, if that maybe helps settle the system down. Because I think my system was just fried. I mean, mm. um, you know, I, th I think it was just, it was like everything had just been kind of shocked into, you know, by mm. the COVID. So, so yeah, so we're talking what, you know, April to, to April to August, really. It's for the end of August. And then obviously I've still got some lingering symptoms. I still get, weirdly, I still get really bad cramps in the legs. You. Yeah, and I've, I've, I mean, I, I drink a fair bit of water. I, don't, I can't, I don't ever remember getting them before. Yeah. Um, but if I'm doing like yoga, I'll get like sudden really bad cramp in the hamstring or the foot. It's, it's less than it was. I mean, these are minor things. I'm not going to. Um, and actually, my exercise tolerance has returned pretty much to base level. I'm pretty feeling pretty good now. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I, I would say I'm fully recovered insofar as the only thing I've got is um what the, the the kind of slight pins and needles but like i said to you, you no know, i'm only talking about it from a fatigue point of view i didn't have any respiratory issues i didn't have any vascular related issues so i can't talk about recovery in those senses you know the no. kind of other medical issues i can only talk about <laughs> fatigue and how i've managed that really yeah and it's fascinating to hear your story and thank you for sharing that because it sounds not only is it multi-dimensional in its nature there's different types of symptoms and different body symptoms but it also seems like it's relatively episodic and somewhat unpredictable yeah. in its nature where it felt like things were getting better and then oh yeah completely back and that can make it really quite difficult to ma maintain a, a sense of self and awareness but also mood um, and you met and you referenced yeah. that and how your previous experiences with another um uh, condition, uh, MECFS, had impacted you this time in terms of taking you back to that place and and feeling like I can't go through this again and the the implications of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, obviously we talk we're talking about long COVID here. We're not really talking about chronic fatigue. But I was diagnosed with I had glandular fever in two thousand and nine. Well, what they think was glandular fever after a, a half marathon, mm. and I had a post-viral fatigue for about five six months of the kind of weird you know um exposed like couldn't couldn't handle bright light terrible insomnia um nausea muscle ache um exercise tolerance shot to pieces i was actually a personal trainer back then as well which was even more ironic so uh <laughs> so i recovered from that and did a couple more marathons and then had a few years where, I, I mean, you know, looking back at my lifestyle was different then. I was doing lots of heavy marathon training and then living quite a hedonistic social life. So I was burning the candle at both ends. Um, and then basically was kind of okay. And then in 2015, in my final year at university here at Northumbria, um, culmination of things, had a winter bug, um, ran a cross country race when I know, I, well, I, as soon as I finished the race, I was like, I probably shouldn't have done that. And then I think just the, the stress from from work, from, you know, dissertation, I just bombed into a kind of um, what was then ultimately when I got back to London because I was in Newcastle, because I then got a job at UCH in London. I moved down there, was then diagnosed with kind of chronic fatigue, although there'd been indications that that was what was um, I had this kind of um, I suppose it, I'd get these kind of two to three weeks of, of fatigue related symptoms after the post viral fatigue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but like I said, from 2015, that was when I really dipped mm-hmm. and I couldn't exercise for three years. Um, I had all sorts of all manner of debilitating symptoms. I mean, like I said, I, I was diagnosed with a form of chronic fatigue. I, I know there are people with symptoms who've had it for years, uh, who've been far more debilitated, um, you know, fed bound. And obviously my heart goes out to those people. And I, I can only talk about my situation. Um, so I was able to hold down a job. I don't know how at times. I, mean, I was a band five at UCH. Work was great. It never affected my ability to work and produce. You know, I wasn't like suffering in terms of the standard of work, but it made work hard because I was knackered. Yeah. Um, I had terrible brain fog. I mean, I wrote down some of the symptoms from 2015. You know, terrible insomnia, uh, sensitivity to sound, terrible brain fog, um, susceptibility to the cold, occasionally pins and needles in the left hand terrible mood swings, um, spaced out, uh, problems with concentration. Um, And then also I used to get, so so the thing, the difference with fatigue, with chronic fatigue and COVID is that when I had chronic fatigue, yes, there were times where I was completely knackered and couldn't do anything, would have to lie down. But I was able to go for like short walks and kind of move along the street as it were. Whereas with COVID, the fatigue was a much heavier kind of COVID. Uh, The fatigue was heavier in the sense that I was, physically able to do let much less the problem with chronic fatigue is that chronic fatigue was much more entrenched in terms of like nausea muscle ache and actually i would get much more delayed fatigue so i remember trying a couple of times to go for a jog and i jog for like 10 15 minutes and i would feel terrible for days for about four or five days where you then get back to where you were Mm. um and so yeah I, i went through a whole process of trying to recover from chronic fatigue um trying different methods I went down, I, I, I was engaged with the NHS and they try, I tried graded exercise therapy where the principle was you could do the same amount each day. And I was kind of like, well, if I know on certain days I'm going to be feel terrible. And if I do the same amount as I did yesterday, I'm going to feel worse. <laughs> so, you know, but like, you know, I was doing yoga and I was kind of do, trying to do short walks. So this is like 2015, 2016. I went to see a doctor of ecological medicine in, in kind of Harley Street. I, which was very much a focus on like uh, supplements, diet. And it was kind of like the diet that I was following or was told to follow was almost more stressful because I was like, well, I can't have this. I can't <laughs> have that. And it was almost like adding to the stress. I was like, oh, you know. And anyway, it was actually a friend of a friend said, oh, my friend has had something I think called chronic fatigue and has been to see this guy and had some treatment. Um, so put me in touch. And she gave me a rundown of the basic principles behind it but I think I was very much still biomedical I'm short in this vitamin I need to take this and you know for a fix um but eventually got around to reading the report the kind of free report on this guy's website and it was all to do with the the basically the link between stress and fatigue well you know that that's that's in short and so kind of a light bulb had gone off because I was looking at pictures of myself fell running or doing marathons and thinking well, so why could I do that then? And why can't I now? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. Um, I don't think my diet's terrible. Like, yeah, I mean, like anyone would have a beer. Um, I don't think, you know, I was thinking, well, what, what, what's made me sick? And, and eventually having read this report, um, this kind of free report, which, in, you know, highlights the, the influence of parasympathetic nervous system on recovery and sympathetic nervous system on basically feeling knackered and a link to kind of, poor immune system, sleep, um, uh, digestion, and, and crucially energy storage and production, 
that's when the light bulb moment happened. So I was like, right, okay, I think I'm onto something. But this is over a course of like a few years, like trying this and trying that. So, so you know, um, I had some treatment sessions with this guy called Simon Pimenta. Um, and again, obviously this relates to some of the things I've used for, 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 to recover from COVID um, and had some training sessions with him. He, he, he had suffered from um, chronic fatigue, my, um, fibromyalgia for about eight, eight, nine years and recovered. So he was, it's very much like you read this report and there's a, I think there's actually now a video, it's mecfxexplored.com. And uh, it's, it's not like a hard sell. People just have a look at it. And for some people that will relate to their situation. For other people, it, it won't, because there's obviously different variables that cause fatigue. And for some people, you know, changing a diet is, 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 is fine. So, um, but for me, it definitely resonated. I was like, well, I know I've been stressed. I mean, like I said, I'm doing physical stress with, um, you know, lots of, lots of running, lots of high mileage running, 60, 70 miles a week at times. And then I kind of dip into this hedonistic lifestyle in club. Land. So I think I was kind of just pulling the body. So actually it kind of made sense. And so the idea of basically being in a stress state and having less energy, I was like, right, okay, I'm on something. And then, yeah, so I, I had some sessions with him and, it was hard work and I had to kind of change the way I thought about things uh, and, and, and apply that together with some kind of graded uh, exercise and kind of, but I know I start to notice a big difference over the course of a few months. So that's, yeah. That's really interesting to hear. And I think, you know, you, you've referenced uh, kind of MECFS being a, a very broad umbrella term exactly. and, and huge diversity in people's presentations. And I think uh, to, to echo that, your experiences of both the, the MECFS in the past and long COVID has had some varieties and some differences and possibly because there have been different viruses that have led to your symptom pattern. And I think yeah. if we look at MECFS, it's a really broad umbrella term that covers many people with symptoms that could be caused by many different reasons exactly um, and I suppose it's quite interesting to hear your personal experience of having had glandular fever in this time coronavirus and how the long-term consequences of that has had some differences in your personal experience um, so thank you for sharing that yeah no and I, and I, th I think look there's going to be there's going to be people who are out there who get chronic fatigue ME who have no, who will report no previous life stress or, or and so, cause it, you know, so everybody's situation is unique to them. So like I said, I can only talk about my situation. I, I'm, you know, I've certainly never been dogmatic in saying the way to recover is this because there's so many, you know, the influences and variables that, that cause a condition like that will vary from person to person. So for some people changing diet or, or you know, there'll be certain ways they recover. For me, it was identifying a, a, um, a link between stresses, various stresses in life. I mean, I, for example, when I couldn't exercise, realized how much I was probably relying on exercise to unwind and relax. So actually when I couldn't, I was like, oh my God, you know, like, so, so actually that taught me to learn ways, meditation, yoga, to switch the mind off. Um, mm. So, you know, actually it was a bit of a kind of, wake up call in that sense but like yeah, as you say there are so many different types of so many different causes for people's symptoms and therefore recovery will always be different and that so the things that I talk about that helped me to recover from chronic fatigue and then also COVID um long COVID COVID whatever you want to call it because I think someone commented on my tweet and said I'm not sure whether that was long COVID and I was like I don't really know like it was four to five months I was off for eight weeks uh, I've had a peripheral neuropathy it wasn't very pleasant. If that's COVID or long COVID, I don't know. But 
so but ultimately yeah the the, 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 the some of the methods i've used into which relates relaxation helps for chronic fatigue and therefore have definitely helped to recover from covid that's a really important message, I think, because um, we know that in the context of both MECFS and long COVID, whether they're the same or different, um, is yet to be identified, um, is that exertion is something that can set people back. Um, yeah. that exertion can be of different levels and different types, whether it be physical, mental or cognitive, depending on the level of disability that people yeah. are. Yeah. And I know that in our, in our group, Long COVID Physio, physios tend to be quite active people yeah, uh, definitely. by the nature of their jobs and one of the things that's come out as a bit of a theme is that some people do really really rely on exercise as a strategy to manage their health and well-being and yeah, as a physio then needing to stop rest and pace is really difficult to navigate how, how, how have you found that in terms of like your personal and professional identity learning to take back the exercise and adopt those new strategies in terms of managing stress as you as you mentioned well I went through I went through all the different stages of kind of anger frustration because I went from running with a running club which obviously is the whole social participation I went from running four five six times a week to not being able to run at all for kind of 10 minutes or more yeah. so that was a big impact and I felt it was almost like my kind of identity had been taken away because I tried to kind of get involved, like go to the pub and meet runners, but it's not great if you're sitting talking to people listening about running when you can't really do it yourself. And it kind of, and I, that really affected me quite severely for us. So I went through lots of kind of, I guess like an acceptance phase, you know, where I'd like, you know, for a while I'd see people out running and I'd be like, really, and I was constantly analyzing like how long would it take me to go back and kind of, so, but, but ultimately, you know, I, I suppose, you know, came to acceptance. I was like, right, well, okay, what do I need to, to get back to doing that. And obviously some of the training I had with this guy, Simon helped with that. And I think really working on relaxation and learning to switch off and knowing that by doing that, I was um, recovering better, fed into doing more. And, and actually not analyze, not overanalyzing everything. So for example, I would think that, um, you know, I'd go for a walk and I'd be thinking, oh, you know, how far can I walk? Or is this gonna have repercussions tomorrow? or and I was doing that. So even when I was walking, I was constantly creating kind of stress with kind of unhelpful thoughts, as opposed to just going, I'm going to go for a 10 minute walk and just kind of enjoy it and look around. Because I was constantly thinking about negative aspects like, oh, am I going to feel, you know, and that's that's normal to a point, but actually it's not very useful if you're doing it all the time. So I, I tried to kind of live in the moment and try and um, just enjoy, like appreciate simple things. And I, um, you know, I'd also just try and think, OK, well, I feel quite good today. I'll, I'll, I'll think, OK, well, if I can walk for I think I could probably walk for, you know, 40 minutes. I'll walk for 25 minutes just so you're not quite doing that, you know, going into that. And a lot of this is trial and error, um, because obviously you you have to kind of find out what you can and can't do. But I think so. I, I basically put to put the kind of exercise um principles in terms of trying not to do too much and also like so it sounds you know, like when, pacing then is that right yeah pace it pacing but, but but not but like on days where I felt crap um I obviously just didn't do anything because I, I tried that kind of daily thing before and so basically the pay, putting together pacing strategies with relaxation strategies in terms of you know switching switching the mind off uh, meditation yoga mindfulness visualization um 
cutting out looking at screens all the time like you know that's something i i'm still learning now because i look at screen all day at work and i sometimes I, I, you know you get into the habit of coming home and looking at a screen and going like this on the ipad oh, um, scrolling not good for anyone no no it's not. <laughs> and so so i think even now i'm learning how to to be more um to, to relax more in the evening uh, like i wrote down a whole list of things recently mm. um you know podcasts listen to music read meditate yoga you know stop you know because we know that you looking at screens uses uses energy and ties you exertion isn't it and I yeah exactly especially if you've been looking at a screen all day at yeah. work so i think i think look, look, it was, it's twofold it was basically um learning to kind of switch off uh, the mind or, or being more relaxed in your approach to things not being so hard on yourself all the time oh god you know i've overdone it again thinking look you know like okay well i'm trying hard i'm you know just taking more of a relax of a relaxed approach enjoying trying to focus on what you can do which is pretty hard to do at times if you're feeling pretty terrible so you know and and not worrying so much about i went through ages of, of comparing myself to what i used to be able to do which obviously breeds negativity because you think oh god i used to be able to run for an hour or two hours or whatever and do all these things and now i can't do them which is the normal response but ultimately if that festers then it breeds negativity and it negative internal dialogue mm -hmm. and so i i think it was basically trying to appreciate what I could do, trying to take a more relaxed approach when I did exercise, and then also learning to actually um, switch switch off and, um, you know, and actually just relax in the evenings. And when I started to do all of those, my energy without, it was, it was almost like, it wasn't like, you know, overnight. I didn't wake up one morning and go, right, I'm going to go off and run for days. Uh, it was over a course of kind of weeks and months. I was like, right, I'm actually, my brain fog went. And I was like, okay, I was getting no brain fog at work. And I was like, and then I start to have more energy. And then, so then from there, I start to think, right, well, I'm going to start doing some walk jogging. So I start to do some kind of walk jogging and, um, you know, just start off just very gently. And I built it up to there. And basically from, so I went to see this guy in probably April, 2017, um, and so I moved down to London in, in 2015. So about two and a half years after being down in London. And then by June, probably, probably mid-summer, end of the summer, I was back running again. Well, I'm on, so on some pleased, level. You know, and I'm so pleased that you've had that experience in the past and that you've been able to identify the different types of activities that are exertion and how maybe uh, separating them so you're not doing the physical and the cognitive and the emotional at the same time yes. kind of dampens down that level of exertion that's combined that can then limit your, your post-exertional symptoms or malaise. Uh, so, and how, what I find really interesting is how that experience for you in the past has supported you through this experience now. And I think it's yeah, a really valuable lesson where I know personally as, as someone now living with long COVID, I've been very grateful to the lessons that have been passed on to us by other communities of people living with chronic health yeah. conditions to learn those lessons when I haven't had those personal experiences before. And so for me, it's been, you know, learning to rest, learning to pay, yeah. uh, learning that um, 
exercise wasn't helping me uh, it was setting me back um, and I, I know that I've been very grateful for those lessons from particular communities like the METFS community and it's yeah. sounds like you yourself have been able to implement those lessons you've learned that were successful for you in in this example with living with another health condition long COVID so it's great to hear you've had those experiences and they've been successful for you and, and that's amazing. Yeah, and also, again, you know, going back to what I was saying before, you know, chronic fatigue is very different variables. Obviously, um, COVID people are affected by different symptoms as well. And so, you know, some of the things that I'll probably mention in a second that have helped me might not help the next person. So, I, you know, and I, because there may be more underlying, you know, because we know that COVID affects people in so many different ways. It, it, you know, but, but we know that, that, that um, trying to, if you put the, 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 the body in a, in a relaxed state as much as you can. And that's, look, this is easy to say if you, I live on my own. I mean, I was pretty, I was done in with COVID. I was very, I couldn't do a huge amount, but I didn't have kids to look after. So I appreciate, you know, there are so many different situations where actually you can say, well, actually this is really useful, but it's, it's much harder in practice to put that, or it's harder to put that into practice because you have less time. If you've got to put kids to bed and, and look after them, then then it's obviously, and I really feel for those people because it's hard enough trying to look after yourself if you're completely knackered and can barely do the washing up or get a pint of milk from the shop to actually try and work and, uh, or, 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 you know, or, or look after children and stuff, you know? So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Rob, I wondered if you would have a, a key message that maybe you would like to share with people that are listening to this podcast um, about what you've learned through this journey. Um, I, think, I think don't be too hard on yourself. Um, recovery is, isn't always linear. You're gonna have ups and downs. Um, try, and, try and relax as much as you can. Mindful, you might, you might realize actually by doing some little bits of snippets of meditation, yoga, that actually you realize how stressed you are because it's natural to, to worry about symptoms all the time, but ultimately it might be worth, you know, writing things down, you know, you can acknowledge things, but it means by writing them down, you're not ruminating on them, on them all the time. And therefore that will promote a more pragmatic, realistic um, recovery. And then ultimately put you in more of a relaxed state, which, certainly in my experience helped me recover so you know that kind of mindfulness and you know like I said we're not robots it's hard to recover from things like this but give yourself a chance and you know give yourself a pat on the back for small achievements you know everything you know Rome wasn't built in a day and you know things like um you know thinking of a, a what's a long term you know, classic thing for people overdoing things is is a kind of short-term long-term long-term goal thing so basically if your aim is to do x but you think about the here and now and you get too excited doing something because you're over enthusiastic or you're frustrated and you do too much, you're probably going to have a little bit of a dip or a, a setback. So actually think about, right, well, I want to be able to get, it might be walking to the local park and back. How do I get there? And it might be that you do several shorter sessions before you do that. So you think about the long-term goal. And I think one of the things that really, really bred negativity for me was this kind of can and can't. So, you know, I would say, I can't run anymore. Well, actually, if you say, well, I can't run at the moment, but I know I'd like to get back to doing it, or I can't run as much as I can at the moment, or at the moment, I can't walk as far as I, as I, as I, as I, I want to. Well, you'll probably get back to it, but I think if you make very kind of black or white, you know, either or statements, that 
promotes a negative response and that therefore that might cause you to feel more down about things. So kind of give yourself a chance, you know, pace yourself and, and, and you know, give yourself time. But, but I think the main thing for me is try and try and utilize, you know, our kind of natural healing system as much as we can, which is the parasympathetic nervous system, which I basically didn't use at all. I was in a constantly stressed state. So for me, that has helped recover from chronic fatigue and also COVID. Um, and it might help other people if they, you know, if they simple stretches, switching the mind off, relaxing, um, not always possible. And again, if you're feeling run down and ill and stressed and anxious, it's, it's easier said than done just to kind of, it's not like we're going to pretend everything's okay, but just taking time to kind of switch off, relax and, um, and, and, and promote like a kind of more rational um, pragmas, uh, prag, you know, more pragmatism and, and feeling more, more of a kind of calmer outlook because I know from my experience that helped me recover and increase my energy levels. Well, Rob, that, that's a really positive message around being kind to ourselves. And yeah, I think that's right. You manage. probably put it better than me. That's <laughs> and also like like to, to manage, manage within our, 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 our abilities and our, our, our current symptoms. So I want to say thank you so much for, for sharing right. your stories and sharing your So thank you ever so much. No problem. Good chatting.